All right, good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? Still good? Well, I have to ask, too. It's just part of our common greeting, right? How, how are you doing today? Um, no, I, uh, we all say that we're doing good, but I know that uh, uh, just something that's been on my heart here a little bit lately uh, is it's Thanksgiving week it, it, already. We're, we're here for Thanksgiving, and um, things are definitely going to be different this year. So I just want to encourage each of you, because I know this is going to be a, a big reality in my family, um, just because of the way that a lot of us are, are feel that we need to do things this year. There's going to be some people that are going to be getting depressed right now, and that's going to carry on all the way through uh, the holidays. Uh, so make sure that you're reaching out to these people because we need, we're built for community. We're built for one another to, to have these relationships, and especially around these holidays, people have a hard time anyhow now that we're struggling getting together. Uh, so just make sure we're kind of aware of that and reaching out to, to people uh, as, as needed, as we see fit, as God lays on our heart. Be in prayer about that. Uh, but uh, so anyhow, this morning, uh, I have the, uh, the, the privilege of wrapping up this series that we've been in. We've been in Ephesians for uh, uh, how many weeks now? 13. 13 weeks. Oh, boy. That's a long time. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to wrap this series up today. And, and the, the, the title, main theme of the whole series we've been in is the model manuscript. Uh, so uh, I was talking to Sarah about this when I first... Uh, uh, when pastor first asked me to preach on this, and, uh, and I have the last four verses in the entire book, and uh, I told her about it, and she says, wow, those are kind of some obscure verses. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, but I think, uh, I think we can tie things together. So hopefully uh, what God has laid on my heart here today, can, uh, we can tie this all together, and we can see how this model manuscript affects our lives. Uh, what I have to go over today, uh, if we read those last four verses, is I essentially have two, uh, two teachings, because I was trying to cram these into one, and it just is, it wouldn't be productive. We have a teaching about a man named Tychicus, uh, who, who gives us a great model to follow as, as we go through this model manuscript. He, uh, he really uh, displays what it's like to live in this model. And then we have uh, the kind of the benediction at the end of this letter, which takes us all the way back to the beginning, which is, which is really cool. I found really cool. It really encouraged me a lot. Um, so through our model manuscript, we looked at things like the model identity, the model prayer, the model of faith, model of unity, model of missions, model for the church, and a model for the family. Now, as we go through these, we can, I could exhaust all of them and point to all of them within these texts, but I've only chosen three. I want to point to the model of identity, the model of unity, and the model for the church. Uh, so let's go ahead and read our text here. It's uh, Ephesians 6, verses 21 through 24. It says, So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all of you who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. So as we read this, we're going to start in the first two verses here. We're begged to this question, who is Tychicus? Kind of a funny name. I guess we don't... Uh, 
But who is he? Who is this guy who's mentioned in the Bible? Well, he's, he's one of Paul's missionary partners. Uh, he accompanied Paul through his third missionary trip up through uh, um, Asia Minor, Macedonia. Uh, we read about him other places in the Bible, Acts 20, uh, Colossians 4, which is interesting. Colossians 4, almost uh, 4 7, is almost word for word this exact same benediction. Uh, very, very similar, speaking about Tychicus. And then uh, we also read about him in Titus 3. Uh, Tychicus was a messenger. He was charged with delivering these letters. You know, they didn't have mail. They didn't have Facebook. They had a Tychicus app. They, they charged Tychicus with, take this, take this letter to the Ephesians. Take this letter to the Colossians. Um, so that was his, his call. But it was also was his call to bring encouragement to these places. Uh, I love how uh, Paul uses these words, a beloved brother and faithful minister. That's a model for us to follow. That's a legacy. You think about, I, I was thinking, you know, what are people going to say about me 2,000 years from now? Absolutely nothing. I'm going to be, I won't even be a, a, a footnote in some high school student's uh, required genealogy. I'm going to be nothing. But yet we have this model that Tychicus left. That 2,000 years from now, from his passing, we read about him as a beloved brother and a faithful minister. That should be a legacy that we all desire to have. That when we're gone, that's what people would say about us. That we're a beloved brother or sister in Christ. And we were faithful to what God has called us to do. But the most important part about what, uh, what Tychicus is here is the words that follow that. He's a faithful brother. or a, 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 where we, where we at here? He is a, a beloved brother and a faithful minister in the Lord. This is his true identity, in the Lord. As we go all the way back through our sermon series, who remembers what the very first week was? Our very first week was our identity, the model identity. This is where Tychicus proves to be that model for us. Everything that he did flowed out of his, of his identity in the Lord. Not in what he was going to do, but in who he was because of, what the, because of Christ calling on him. Tychicus traveled a lot. He endured persecution. We know that because he was with Paul in, uh, in Ephesus when the riots happened. Uh, he was with Paul in prison. Uh, we don't know if he was imprisoned with him, but he was obviously there to be able to get these letters. Uh, he sacrificed because there was a call on him to further the gospel. He knew his identity, and he operated from it. Uh, clear back in that week one, the pastor said, that God is glorified when we respond to His truth about our identity. This is why we're still reading about Tychicus 2,000 years from now, because God was glorified, because He operated from that identity that He had in Christ. He knew that He was loved and chosen. Ephesians 2.10 says that uh, we were created in Christ Jesus beforehand for good works that we should walk in them. Let me read that again. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Because of His identity in Christ, Tychicus knew that this was part of His calling. This was what His works were to do. This is how each one of us, as I ask the question, what kind of legacy do we want to leave? This is how we leave the legacy, by knowing who we are in Christ and acting upon that. Now going further, so Tychicus leaves us this... Uh, model identity, 
what was Tychicus's purpose? You know, we talk about he's, that's before, uh, he was created for these good works, and he was walking in them. What were those good works? Why was Tychicus charged with telling the Ephesians how Paul was doing? He was already carrying one letter. Why didn't he carry two letters? One that's this circular letter. Ephesians was a circular letter. It was meant to go to numerous churches around Ephesus. It would have been its first stop in Ephesus. and then. So why didn't Paul just write two letters? One that says uh, to the Ephesians and one that says, hey, this is how I am. Remember what I said about the depression thing and how we're built for his personal relationship? That's why Paul sent this messenger. That's why Paul sent Tychicus to convey how he was doing. There's a really kind of a neat parallel to this, but it's on the opposite side. Uh, a few weeks ago, I watched a movie. Um, it was about World War I. There was a soldier that was fighting in World War I, and while he's in the trenches... He's writing letters back home, and he's telling his mom and his dad and his family that, hey, things are okay here, we're eating, you know, all in all, it's pretty boring, uh, conditions are okay, you know, we're doing pretty good. So his parents feel good about that. They understand, okay, we're getting these letters. A few weeks, maybe a couple months go by, and, and another soldier is wounded on the front lines, and it's sent home to the same hometown that this this original son is from that he's writing the letters and the parents get the opportunity to talk to this other person and they found out that what they're eating is the same rice porridge that they've had for weeks most days they're in mud up to their ankles uh, people are dying from trench foot yes as a whole it's very boring beyond belief but when the shooting starts it's chaos and it's just uh, just this horrible atmosphere all because of this personal interaction. It's not a letter. We have an eyewitness account of the truth. So now the parents are more afraid of what's happening to their son. This goes the other way. How many of us have been in a situation where uh, we're feeling fear, apprehension about something, but somebody comes up and talks to us and says, no, I've been there. It's not that bad. You can get through it. It's the same way. You, you can have all the letters in the world, but with that face-to-face -face interaction where you can look somebody in the eye and see their emotions, our communication is so much deeper than just words on a piece of paper. It's our body language. It's our eye contact. It's our tone of voice. It's the, the environment that we're in. That's why Paul sent Tychicus to convey this message. So they could say, so Tychicus could say, yes, Paul's in prison. Things aren't good for him, but God's still moving. Yes, he's in prison. He might not have a whole lot to eat, but look at these letters he's writing. Look at how he's encouraging other people. Yes, he's in prison, but you know what? There's been prison guards saved. Whole families have come to faith because he's obedient to God in that situation, because he's working from his identity there as well. This communication brings this confirmation in our hearts that we know what's being said is the truth. Tychicus was in communication with Paul. He could put all the rumors to rest. I think about what's going on with all, everything right now and how quickly rumors spread. But firsthand evidence puts these things to bed. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth, 
with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. You know, as Tychicus leaves this model for us, that's what he came to do. You know, there people are probably talking in Ephesus about Paul's in prison, and, and they're hearing this, and, and he can't do this, and he can't do that. And, and well, they're not, somebody else has heard something totally different, and Tychicus comes and says, no, this is the way it is. I've seen him. I've talked with him. As Tychicus, as we look at him as, as a type of a model, do we put rumors to rest? Do we stand on the truth? Or do we repeat the hearsay that we hear about uh, coronavirus or the election results? Or do we, know, do we speak from what we know to be true? Or do we go off the hearsay of others? This, this is something that I find happening, and I find myself wanting to fall into it quite a bit. Uh, Ephesians 4.20 says, 429 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those that hear. This is something that I find I have to ask myself. Do my words build up? Are they encouraging? Or do they spread fear and doubt? Right now, in light of everything that's going on in the world and the, and the chaos and the confusion and what we don't understand fully and what we don't know fully, are our words more likely to be negative or positive? I know that's something that I have to guard myself against totally and still find myself going down the negative road, but this is, this is something that we, when, uh, when Paul also writes that we need to take every thought captive, these are the things that we need to take captive. How are we modeling a Christian life? How are we modeling the identity that we live from? Is it one of negativity or is it one that says we're chosen and adopted and accepted and loved and purposed? So Tychicus was sent to be a model for the Ephesian church to help bring unity and to help build the church. Pastor mentioned in, in his uh, miniseries on the, the, the church that uh, the church is to be a place of Christian growth, a place where Christians can flourish. And this is something that I think we all need to be aware of, that we cannot grow and flourish where the truth is not spoken. The truth must be spoken in order to provide that atmosphere. I'm sorry, I love just seeing it crawl around there. That's great. <laughs> Ephesians 4.15 says, Rather, speaking the truth and love, we are to grow up into Him who is the head, into Christ. Jesus is the truth. We must speak the truth with one another. We must speak the truth in every situation that we're in. When we're out there in the world and people, people know that we're Christians, and we need to make sure we're speaking the truth to them. When the negative's coming at us, when the negative is, is filling us up with, with fear and doubt, we need to hold on to the truth. The truth that we proclaim here every week, that God is still on the throne. That regardless of what happens next, God's in control. That even though I'm uncertain, I can have certainty in knowing where I stand in Christ. So Tychicus brings us this model of, uh, of unity in the church by his words, by his actions, by his speaking the truth. He, he builds the model of the church as far as that's what he's doing. He's there to encourage one another, uh, just like we're called to in Scripture, encourage one another, build one another up. He's modeling for us what it looks like to operate from his identity. You think, put yourself in Tychicus's shoes as he's going throughout the, the Roman Empire and there's persecution beginning to happen, your leader, your 
partner in ministry is in prison because of proclaiming the gospel, but yet he still has the courage to take his letters and strap on his sandals and make the rounds through Asia Minor under Roman control and do the very same thing that his partner is in prison for. But he knew that because of his model identity, he was, uh, he, he was covered. He was able to do that. Another way that, uh, that Tychicus modeled this identity is that he himself was an Asian. We know that from reading Acts. And right now we have all these things. My wife and I were just talking about the, uh, you know, some of these Black Lives Matters and the racial injustices and everything. But here we have Tychicus, an Asian, a Gentile Asian, who's partnered with Paul, a Jew. That's what Ephesians 4 is talking about is the, the unity in the body of Christ. So we look at this man who's only mentioned here a few times in Scripture, but this legacy that he left of how, how he worked from his identity to build the church model, to build unity in the church, and, and so many other things that, that what a legacy. This is, this is something that we should all strive for. So now, that pretty much covers up Tychicus as the model uh, of what we should follow. You know, they, I'm sure that he didn't do it perfectly, but nonetheless, we have here in Scripture that he left us a great model to follow. Um, now I want to move on to verses 23 and 24. It says, Peace be to the brothers with love and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. One of the biggest reasons that we can look to Ephesians as a model manuscript because I hope to point out here, is it ends exactly the same way it starts. This whole book is pointing to one truth. Okay, with love, with grace, with peace. Verse 23 starts out, says, Peace be with the brothers and sisters. This is, this is what fills chapter 1 in the whole book. Chapter 1, verse 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace. This peace was bought by the blood of Christ. This peace, is, this is something that I hope we all understand, is that you know, we've been forgiven of our trespasses, as it says here. We have to understand that our trespasses, that, that requires a punishment. That requires a sentence of death. That creates hostility between us and God, but Christ paid that. Because Christ took that position, took, that, took our punishment, we have this peace with God. That's where it all starts. We're brothers and sisters. We are unified in a family because of the peace that was bought by Christ's blood. We can know that regardless of what we've done, what we're going to do, what we're trying to do, that we're chosen and adopted, we're saved from hell. from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the only place we can start to have peace, is we know that identity. It goes all the way back to Ephesians 1. And it says, And the love with faith from God the Father and Jesus Christ. Um, this is my geek moment. The word love is used three times in these last two verses. And... Uh, 
And it's interesting that all three times, every time was a different Greek word. I told my wife this, and I could feel her eyes roll. <laughs> because I, I find this very interesting. I, like I said, I, that's a geek moment for me. But as, we, as I looked at this, you know, the first one, the first time love is used here, it, it's the word, uh, I, I can't pronounce the Greek words, but it's the, the meaning of the word is a love between God and man. It, is the, it goes both ways. It's the love that God has for us, and it's the love that we have for God. And if we read through that verse, where does that come from? It comes from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's Him that loves us, that makes us able to love Him. I know it, sometimes we can have a hard time uh, wrapping our, our minds around that, but either way, it comes from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not something that we did to make Him love us, nor something that we could do. It's all something that He did. As I was thinking about this, you know, it's not even in ourselves to love God. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't hear me wrong. We do have a responsibility to learn about Him more, to love Him more, to grow more in, in knowing Him, which is going to make our love bigger. But that initial time that God worked in your heart, when you first heard the message of the gospel and received it, and started a, that spark of love in your heart. That was God's Spirit already in you working to produce that love. And I hope that's something that we can, we can all grasp, because that's the measure of, of what, how God loves us. Is that we couldn't do it, but yet He did it for us. He made this way for us. John 1, or 1 John 1, 19 says, We love because He first loved us. Even the faith that we have in Him starts as a gift from Him. And this, again, this takes us back to the beginning of the letter. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. This is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. See, it was Him that chose Him, chose us. We didn't choose Him. He chose us. Paul ended this letter then with the words, Grace be to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Now, I said we used the three times love was used. It was a different Greek word every time. Well, the second one here is just what you think it would mean. It's, it's, it's an affection that we show for Christ. It's the, 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 the outpouring of our devotion to Him. And then the last one, um, I know uh, Miss Stephanie uses the King James Version. That probably says a, a love in sincerity, or a sincere love, an incorruptible love, an eternal love. There are all different ways that this, this word is used. It's a love that persists. It's the love that, that we turn back to when we know that, uh, that He who started a good work in us will bring it through to completion. That love is something that continues on. And it's because of what He has done in us. As we read this last, uh, last verse here, and it says grace, you know, as I look through this entire letter, grace abounds with this letter from beginning to end. It all starts with what God has graced us with through Christ, where we stand in Christ, what we are created for in Christ. It's just filled with grace from one end to the other. It's only by God's grace that He gives us His Spirit, who enables us to follow all the commands. You know, we, I, I love Ephesians because it does have these commands of, of the, 
the model church, the model family, the model marriage. I love that because that gives me something to hold on to. But it all goes back to the grace that was shown in the beginning of what Christ did on the cross for us. So as we wrap this up and, and we look at the model manuscript and the way this ends in this, uh, this benediction here, we see that this whole model manuscript points to the greater model of the gospel. The good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity. That's where it all starts, is knowing that, that we are sinful, that we are fallen, and that God made this way for us. Our ability to, to do anything else in this book goes clear back to the fact that He chose us, the fact that He predestined us. We've all heard it said that the gospel is to impact every portion of our lives, bar none. And that's exactly what this letter is all about. I think about the book of Ephesians and how much it relates to us and how the gospel should be impacting every part of our lives. Paul wrote this letter to a church that was uh, surrounded by a pagan culture. Ephesus was a trading community, a trading town. There was, uh, they had the, the, uh, the statues of the god Artemis there that they were worshiping. And Paul was writing this letter to tell the Christians how they should operate, to where they stand apart, to where they show how the gospel has impacted every portion of their lives inside a culture that is doing everything it can to hold it down, much as the same way that a lot of us are facing. A lot of us, we have, we're, we're here quite a bit, and we're not under these attacks, but other of us that they go out and we're in the, uh, in the working world, depending on that environment, there's attacks that are coming our way. We look at this model manuscript and we can see how we're to live in light of those attacks, in light of those temptations. But it all goes back to the gospel. It all goes back to what Christ has done for us and our response out of that. As I started out today, um, I just want to wrap it up with the encouragement that, that we're into the holidays. That's great for some people. This year, maybe not. There's going to be some depression that's going around. There's going to be confusions going around. Uh, we got kids. There are going to be uh, frantic times. We're going to be stressed out. We're, we're not going to know what to do. Lately, I've found myself, and, and I've found myself telling other people, when times get kind of hard and hectic, go back repeat, and read Ephesians 1, 2, 3. That's, it's like a reset. You go back and you read this model manuscript, this model of our identity, and you see, all right, I don't have to achieve it on my own because he already has. He says that I'm already blessed. I'm adopted. I'm chosen. I can react. I can respond to these other situations in my life based on who I am, based on who God is, based on the grace that he's shown me, not, not what I feel, not on my emotions. Thank you all. I, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got something out of this. But remember who you are in Christ. And uh, I'm going to close in prayer. And you guys have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving. Father, we thank you uh, for this opportunity to uh, uh, just to let your word speak to us. Lord, I pray that, uh, uh, that your truth went forth and that, that it did sink into hearts that, uh, that as we look at your word, knowing that every portion of it, every book in the Bible is, is perfect and 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 there for our teaching and instruction, for our training and righteousness. But Lord, when, when times get hard, Lord, give us the, uh, the wherewithal. Bring to remembrance by the power of your Spirit what you've said about us. What you've said about us as, as, 
as we follow you, what you've said about Jesus Christ, who, who took our place on that cross so that we could have the identity of people that live forgiven, people that live loved, people that live chosen and adopted, people that stand out in a, in a world that that's, seeks, to, seeks to make us fit the mold. Lord, I pray that we only fit the mold of Jesus Christ. That through our sanctification, through living out these words, that we would be more like Him every day. Lord, that You would be glorified through our lives and, and through our words, through our actions, through everything that we do. God, we pray Your blessing upon us as we, as we think about everything that's going on. Lord, I do pray for the safety of our family, of, of those that are watching. Lord, that, uh, that we would be kept from the attacks of the evil one. But we know they'll come. Lord, you've equipped us to handle them, so give us strength to move forward in your power, in your strength. Stand firm on your truth. God, my prayer is that if there is nobody, or if there is somebody that has not come to know the truth of their identity in Christ, that as I said, that spark that started, uh, that made a desire in our hearts to love you at first, that that spark would be fanned into flame in their hearts and that they would reach out to you. Lord, that they would seek wise counsel through another Christian brother or sister that could, that could point the way, but ultimately, Lord, that you would do the work in their heart and, and create a new life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.